what is up my dudes and dudettes it is friday day after thanksgiving it has been a minute since i've done a podcast and i'm actually driving um halfway to texas right now to pick up my daughters so i figured this would be a great time to say hey check in and see what's going on so let's go ahead and jump into it the last podcast i did was talking about men's mental health um the stigma around mental health um in the men (laughs) community the men community didn't have my words together today. Um, the stigma around mental health with men, um, statistics, why they don't seek help, um, especially in the black community, how therapy and things like that is not normalized and how we can try to get it normalized, um, encourage it. And so, yeah, if you haven't checked that out, please head on over there. I need to do better at doing show notes. I have zero show notes. (laughs) So I will try to do better. Bear with me. Um, I hope everybody has had a good week. Um, I will give you a little bit of how I have been doing. Um, So my physical pain has been pretty debilitating. Um, Every day is kind of up in the air. I never really know what to expect. And um, I kind of want to center, I think, this podcast specifically around pain and self-love. That's the direction I think I'm going. Um, I woke up, I don't even know what time it was, and I had excruciating lower back pain. Um, I mean, it felt like whenever I had a kidney infection a couple years ago, that just literally came out of nowhere, Um, and it's a pain that I not wish on anybody. I mean, it's very hard to describe. I mean, it's difficult to even move. Um, It's just like pulsating, like I just can't even explain it. Um, But it just left me on the floor and I couldn't move and I called my husband to come in the room. He was out in the living room and oh man, it was just, it was so bad. Um, And so I haven't even done my meditation today um, to try to figure out what this pain is saying to me. But all I know is I've been feeling like shit. Um, I'm very unhappy with the way that my body um, is looking right now. Um, And with saying this to you... um, I, I want to really express that, you know, it is so normal to have negative thoughts about yourself. Um, you know, sometimes we fall off track. We, we just have these days where we just like, ugh. I just want to make like Jim Carrey Grinch faces and like, ugh. <laughs> um, you know, because we, I mean, you can't be happy all the time. And, you know, there's days where I'm just like, oh my God, why? Am I so bloated? Why does it look like I'm four months pregnant? How the hell can my stomach look like that when yesterday it didn't look like that? Um, 
And I am a person that absolutely struggles with this. Um, this year in particular, you know, I've talked about my pain and um, how I've really just been trying to practice this year, just listening to my body and resting. But sometimes it's kind of hard to know, okay, well, how much rest is too much rest? Um, because in my case, effort can often be my enemy. So even just like cooking yesterday left me exhausted and I started getting a migraine around 12 and then I spent the day on the couch and, um, you know, so it's, it's, it's very difficult when you're dealing with chronic pain and nerve issues because, um, it can be very misleading and I never know. I don't know specific triggers. I mean, sometimes light can be a trigger. Sometimes, uh, excessive heat can trigger a migraine, um, sometimes even cold, um, can trigger a migraine. So, um, it's, it's very difficult to, to differentiate what specifically my triggers are, but, you know, with food, what we put into our body, you know, I have not been eating, um, on my P's and Q's like I normally am. And I've really just been trying to, you know, not beat myself up, um, you know, when you get so deep into like, I don't want to say diet culture, but that is a thing. I've never really been obsessed with diet culture, but here is my issue. And this is something that I desperately need to work on. Um, and I don't know if you can relate to this at all, but I have a my way complex. So I'll, I'll just call it that. We'll give it a name. And <laughs> When you get so much downloads from resources and new information and, um, you know, a lot of times when I, when I get so much new information, it kind of pisses me off and you're like, oh, I wish I would have known this 10 years ago and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then you immediately start shaming and then you're mad at the world and it's like, why does society have to change so much and why do we, you know, fuck shit up and build factories and inject hormones and animals and all these things. And it can become really overwhelming. And my biggest thing that I do is I like, I don't just take information and like really set with it. I kind of take it and run with it. And I have, I'm so guilty of doing that. And then I kind of develop this complex of like, my way is the way, <laughs> And I don't mean to at all. And it, it comes from a very egoic place unconsciously um, because it kind of just feels like it's not that you want people to do what you're doing or make other people like shame or guilt or judge other people for what they're doing. But um, I think for me in particular, it comes from living a life of being in pain and not wanting others to be in pain as well. So when you come across new information, you're like, oh my God, this could probably help someone else. And so then you just really want to get on the ball, but forgetting that everybody has different needs and everybody's needs are not going to be your needs. Everybody's eating habits are not going to be your eating habits. Um, and that is something that I'm really, really working on. Um, just taking information for, for what it is information and, um, really just learning to sit with it and then deciding, okay, is this something that I need to apply in my life? Is this something that I feel like will help me, um, and not force <laughs> my, uh, 
my beliefs or whatever on other people because I hate when that's done to me and I unconsciously catch myself doing that sometimes um and I would never want it to come out as a form of shame but I think it does and it can definitely be a turnoff when you're having conversations and it's like why are you drinking cow's milk and you know you get this really like bratty uh gross ego-minded complex and it's like well I mean hello Marilyn you were you know a meat and dairy eater for like 30 years 28 years or whatever so like you really have no room to be judging people and why are you judging people that are like you know everybody has different needs that need to be met and that's just something that I am trying to work on but let me tell you where that stems from okay And sometimes it can be like a need for being right. Um, I think that's just a natural human complex. Like we all want to be right at something. Um, and that's, this is actually a really deep childhood wound. Um, and it's, it's a need for validation. It's a need to be heard. And when you're not listened to and heard as a child, I mean, you seek for that externally. Um, and, uh, when you're shamed all the time as a child, when you're, you're growing up with an emotionally immature parent, emotionally unavailable parent, some, a caregiver that wasn't there to nurture those needs, you know, you kind of develop this complex, well, damn, I got to grow up really fast. Damn, I can't wait to be an adult. I got to hurry up because your needs are not being met in the house. Your caregivers are not emotionally available for you. And so there creates a lot of shame. And it could even be um, not just with caregivers, but with teachers, excuse me, with friends, um, all these people that love to tell you about yourself, you know, oh, you're not good at this, or maybe you should do this because you're better at this, or wow, you're really quiet, or wow, you know, like everybody always makes assumptions or judgments off of us and loves to tell us who we are. So then we develop this like, complex of questioning ourselves and our intuition of who we really are because we're so used to tuning into the outer voices of the world and that that's not to say that it's not good to listen to other people but the way that we feel about ourselves our voice and I got this from Tiffany Rowe's podcast I love Tiffany Rowe therapy thoughts um your voice at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day is the most important voice, period. Not what your mom says, not what your dad says, not what your friend says, not what your grandma said, your nanny said, uh, your ex-boyfriend, whatever. Your voice and what you feel and think about yourself is the most important voice of the day. And, um, you know, this kind of complex that I've developed, um, you know, it comes as a form of shame, not being able to trust myself um, always being told who I was, always being, you know, kind of conditioned and forced to, to do other things and be, um, something that I was not and had no intention on being, um, you know, people kind of out of conditioning from the way that they were raised, kind of force their own belief systems and, and recondition their own children, you know, Oh, don't you want to do this? Or don't you think you want to do this? Or, you know, why are you playing with a toy car? Wouldn't you want to play with a Barbie? You know, that type of mindset. Um, because like we're trying to shift 
and make people question themselves of who they are from a very early age, very early age. Um, and what's crazy is like, I, I may be going off subject here, but I had caught myself doing that to my son one time. And when I caught it, I was like, who are you? Like, no, you know, that that's not the way that you believe or think. Um, my son was watching a Elsa commercial one day, like he was obsessed with Frozen uh, at Phoenix's age. And it's hilarious because they both have had those uh, moments where they've been obsessed with it. And he wanted an Elsa doll so bad. And I was like, well, dolls are for girls. And I caught myself and I was like, no, they're not. Like, why would I tell my kid that? Like, dolls are not just for girls. Like, the same way as like, I had a car collection and played with Ninja Turtle toys. And, you know, like, um, and I think it's really beautiful, like when you can catch ourselves in those moments of conditioning and be like, hold up. No, that's not it. That's not the way that I think. And that's not who I am. And realize that these thoughts that we're having are just thoughts, you know, and let them pass through, like whether it's body shaming or, um, like I said, you know, trying to undo conditioning that you've been taught about yourself, like only girls wear pink or maybe you should wear just a dress or whatever, whatever the case may be, you, you, you apply, you know, things that have been said to you. Um, but that's just all through conditioning and, we really just have to remember that thoughts are just thoughts. Um, I mean, whether it's a negative thought, a positive thought, a harmful thought, you know, whatever, like it, it, it's just a thought. And a lot of times we really just need to learn to sit with those thoughts and let those thoughts fully pass and fully experience that whole emotion without trying to feel any other way. And this is why, I've really just tried to undo everything I thought I knew as a parent, everything I thought I knew as a mother, and really just be open to relearning and just being a student because I don't know everything there is to know. And a lot of the ways that I was parenting was very harmful and toxic and not only to my children, but to myself. I wasn't being a mother to myself. I wasn't mothering the parts of me that needed to be mothered um, due to conditioning. <coughs> Excuse me. And, you know, that comes from, like, lack of self-love, you know, constantly seeking that external validation, constantly seeking, um, you know, external forces to fill those spots for you, but unknowing that I have the power to love myself better than anyone can ever. And I think that's really beautiful. And that can be really hard to digest. Um, because we often forget what we're capable of. Uh, we often forget that we, we have the capability to, to hold ourselves, to calm, our, calm ourselves down, to nurture ourselves, to speak love and light, to to make these affirmations come true <clears throat> with our intentions. And God, it's just, sometimes it's just really hard to sit with that and know that, dang, I've had that in me all along. What the hell? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And it's like, shit, I should have been loving myself a long time ago. But you know, we're not, we're honestly not really taught that. And 
that's why I'm really just trying to be a student when it comes to, to parenting now. Um, not only, like I said, just not just my kids, but reparenting myself. Like, how can we reparent ourselves and, and have that manifest outwardly? Because it all starts within. It all starts within. Um, and I'm going to give an example because um, hopefully this kind of ties in with what I'm talking about. Because um, I dealt with a situation like this with my own children. But um, I'm in this mom's group. <laughs> I know how that sounds, trust me. Uh, but I was in it originally to like sell stuff, but I guess you can't really sell anything in there. But um, I'm in this mom's group, and this lady that I know, um, she posted about her daughter, uh, her daughter's friend or whatever, I guess, was like posting an inappropriate video or whatever on TikTok you know, she's only 13 or whatever. And like, um, I guess she said like every week she sits down with her teenager and goes through her teenager's phone to make sure she's not posting anything inappropriate stuff. And the, 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 the the friend was, and so she was kind of torn, like, Oh, I really want to tell her mom, you know, and a lot of people are like, Oh, that's not really your place. You know what I mean? And you can, you can mess up things between them two and blah, blah, blah. And it's a really tricky situation because, you know, with social media nowadays, like, you know, kids are extremely vulnerable. Um, you know, there's a lot of sex trafficking and grown ass men pretending to be, you know, teenagers and, um, things like that. And I mean, it's a really tricky situation to be put in. Um, but she basically said that she, kind of told her daughter, you know, she said, usually my daughter's really good at guiding her friends and blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, this time, like, I guess it just wasn't working and her friend wasn't listening. And it just made me think of like how as parents, we're constantly, why are we making it you know, our responsibility to be the fixers and to be responsible for other people? Um, you know, I think being a good friend and guiding and nurturing is such a great thing, but as a child, you know, this really toxic narrative that we teach children that they're responsible for what other people do can be really, really toxic and can lead them to be super codependent on people to overgive, to overextend. And that's not, that's not the type of relationship that I want my children to have um, with themselves or with anybody to make them feel like other people, um, are their top priority because, um, you can only control yourself. And even as an adult, you know, we're not in charge of other people. We're not responsible for other people's emotions. Um, but we are responsible for ourselves, how we carry ourselves, how we treat other people, how we, um, respond or react to situations, but we're not responsible for what other people say and do, um, and how they, they behave. And so, you know, I think that's an important lesson to learn teaching a child that, and really holding space for that child and asking like, well, Hey, like, are you okay? You know, like, is everything okay with you? Um, because when I dealt with a situation like this, I didn't do that. I, I was very invalidating. I was, I was hurt because no one ever wants to see their child, 
um, do things that are not aligned with who they really are. And it's, 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 it's a very tricky situation when you're dealing with teenagers specifically because you think of what you used to do as a teenager, um, but when you can understand why you did those things, like for me, you know, partying and um, staying out late or, you know, stay the night at a friend's house or constantly being anywhere but home. I mean, my needs were not being met at home. So I got myself into a lot of um, unsafe situations and, you know, started using alcohol and stuff at a very early age because I wasn't being validated at home, because I wasn't um, being given the affection and nurturing and love that I needed. My mother didn't hold space for me. She didn't ask me how I felt. And that also leads me to another point about therapy and like how important therapy is. And like as a parent, um, it is so important to create an emotional safe place for your child. And if you haven't been doing that, please show yourself grace and like acknowledge that. Um, bring that awareness to your kids and like, damn, like I have not been here as I should have been for you. And, you know, say I'm learning because I didn't know, I didn't even know what that feels like or is supposed to look like because I didn't have that for me, but I'm, I'm going to do better and, and ask your child what they need. And one thing that has worked really well for us is starting to journal with our kids. Um, you know, with trauma and things, you know, your kids may get to a point when they've experienced so much trauma, whether it's verbally, physically, emotionally, or whatever the case may be. Um, and even with you, they might get to a point so where they're stuck and freeze. So when they come to express themselves to you, they physically can't because they don't know how, because they haven't been given that emotional safety to express themselves. And journaling is such a great way. You know, I don't know <laughs> when I was in high school, God, I journaled all the time with my friends. We each had separate notebooks and like we would write each other in class and then exchange it and stuff. And like, sometimes you just can't get words out. Um, and, and writing them down is sometimes so much easier. There's so much freedom. There's no judgment on the paper. And so that's a great activity that you can bring up with your kids and ask like, Hey, like, I understand you might be feeling this way. And, and you know, I may not be, you know, you may not want to talk to me about it right now, but like, would you like to start journaling? Like we can journal back and forth to each other. Um, because you want to teach them healthy communication skills and, healthy coping mechanisms, because I sure as hell didn't have that. Um, you know, I was constantly invalidated all the time. I was told to shut up, go to my room, stop having an attitude. Why are you talking back? Like anytime I tried to voice how I felt, it was always looked at as being disobedient. And like I was talking back and there's really no emotional safety net with that type of upbringing. It makes you really bitter. It makes you resentful and it makes you feel like you're not heard at all. So, you know, you'll really do anything to be heard. And even if it's negative attention that you're getting, well, someone's watching, someone's listening, someone's giving you attention. And a lot of times that's what these, our kids experience, because if they're not being heard and have a safe place at home, um, they're going to look for it elsewhere. I know I've probably completely gotten off subject, but that's fine. <laughs> and sometimes 
as parents, we have to realize, like, we can't really be everything for our kids. Um, and that's an unrealistic expectation. And so, you know, to get mad at a child or anything like, well, oh, why can't you talk to me? And But you could talk to somebody else or whatever. You know, it's kind of the same concept of, like, why we have so many different friendships and connections. I mean, my husband can't possibly be everything for me. And the ways that he deposits in me are ways that my other best friend cannot. Uh, We all have different needs that are being met by each individual connection that we have. And it's a really unrealistic expectation. And it also um, is a form of shaming. You know, your child may not feel safe coming to you yet. Like I said, because you haven't created that safety net for them to be able to trust you, especially if your behavior is unpredictable, if they've tried to talk to you or you lash out or are judgmental or try to tell them how to feel. I mean, that's not a a space of love and belonging. And so, you know, really working on self and asking, um, you know, why do I react this way? Why do I feel this way? Why do I, you know, feel shame? And nine times out of 10, it's because that's what happened to you as a child. And you're just recreating that same narrative in your home. And trust me, like I was doing that. And it's just a really toxic cycle to continue. And, you know, every week I'm learning something new. And I've really just taken it upon myself to like really dive deep into learning um, what it truly means to have ADHD. And and what can I do to help? Um, learning what it means to, you know, have a child that's stuck in a freeze response. What will work for her? How can I get her to open up? Um, how will her needs be met? And like therapy has been wonderful for us, you know, and I've given my kids the option, like, is this something that you would like to do individually? You know, is this something that you would um, like to continue and to have another outlet? Because those types of outlets were not given to me as a child. Like, I didn't have an outlet like that. Um, It was basically like, oh, the church is all you have and God is all you need. (laughs) And, I mean, I experienced more hurt, more shame, more sexual abuse in the church um, than I did anywhere else. And so I had, that wasn't my go-to. That was actually a really harmful environment for me. Um, and it was, you know, just very, very toxic, you know, a lot of exploiting, a lot of shame, a lot of guilt, a lot of, um, outcast feeling like the outcast, um, you know, of course putting purity on a, on a fucking pedestal and, uh, you know, it was just, I mean, that's something as a 32 year old, God, I'm still healing from, I'm absolutely still healing from. And so you know, with reparenting and and just really sitting back and being a student and asking yourself, like, in what ways can I show myself love? In what ways can I uh, better parent myself first and foremost so I can better help parent my children? You know, um, I think that is super important um, and vital if we don't want to repeat the past, if we don't want history to repeat itself, if we want to give our kids um, a better life than what we had, which is what we should always be striving to do. 
and because you're, you know, we're a part of that, and it's, it always comes back to us, it always comes back to us, we have to be willing to dig deep and do the type of shadow work that's necessary, because pain is, is inevitable, and pain is necessary, um, I've really learned to embrace pain and ask questions when pain shows up in my life instead of blaming external forces. I've really, like, from anything from shoulder pain to back pain or uh, bloating, you know, whatever it is, I'm like, okay, source, why am I feeling this way? What's going on? Because our body is incredible at giving us signs of 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 that like hey okay your digestive system is messed up you got an overgrowth of yeast we got to fix this that's why you're bloated that's why you're doing this that's why you're feeling this way that's why you're fatigued it really is beautiful at giving us signs to pay attention of what we need to be looking forward to what we what we need to be paying more attention to are you drinking enough water are you meditating are you saying are you saying affirmations out loud to yourself? Are you telling yourself every day, I love you, you're worthy, you're enough, you're whole, you're beautiful? You know, even if you don't feel that way in the moment, are you still saying that to yourself though? Because the more that we say those things, I took it upon myself yesterday. I said, you know what? I'm feeling a certain way this week. I'm not happy with the way that my body looks. I'm not happy with the way that I feel. I'm not happy with my posture, and, and so I, I, I grabbed a dry erase marker, and I started writing affirmations on my mirror. So every day, when I get out of the shower, when I'm brushing my teeth every day, I'm saying those out loud. I see it every single day, and so I can remind myself who the fuck I am, and so I don't forget, <laughs> because... I mean, depression and anxiety is a bitch. It really is, and it can be super debilitating, and you know, the other little voices in your head can start to creep up and like, man, you are nothing. You're fat. You might as well go ahead and and just eat that other piece of pie or, you know, don't go to the gym today or don't do something to take care of yourself. You should just stay in bed all day or whatever. You know, like these negative thoughts like love to creep in. And when we give those negative thoughts power and we choose to believe those thoughts instead of just letting those thoughts pass, you know, we become a victim to our own mind, to our own mind. And we have to get out of that victim mentality. We have to get out of that poor me mentality, you know, that we're not capable, that we're not deserving, that we don't have the power to change ourselves. We, us, I, you have the power to do that. And nobody else can do that for you. Nobody else can do that for you. And that's why I'm so, so prevalent on just really exaggerating on the importance of healing starts with you because everything outside of us cannot be a manifestation of that unless we start that process first. You know, our kids are a mirror image of everything that we will become, everything that we have gone through. And if we don't turn inward and heal those parts of us, tend to those childhood wounds, mother ourselves better, father ourselves better, you know, heal those um, masculine wounds, heal those feminine wounds and have that healthy, divine 
balance of femininity and masculine energy. Because sometimes we can be off, man. Our balance can be off and we can we can be leading with too much masculine energy. And sometimes we can be leading with too much feminine energy. We can be overgivers, overextenders, fixers. I got to fix everybody. And they're really not looking inward and like, well, damn, let me see what's wrong with me. Why, why do I feel the need to chase that? Why do I feel the need to be the fixer? Why am I not setting boundaries? Why am I letting people walk all over me? Why am I saying yes when I really wanted to say no? Why am I committing to things that I really don't have time for? Why am I answering the phone call when I have a migraine? You know, like these are all things that we really have to analyze and look within first. It all starts with self. And this can be a really detrimental thing to have to really sit with because, you know, our society is so uh, ran with like narcissism and ego mind. And it, it sometimes it can be a swift kick in the butt and really hard to hear like, oh, God, it is me. It's not the other person. But when you can realize that it's so, it's really so beautiful to heal, especially if you're in a relationship, because you can really start having more conscious conversations with your spouse that are like, I never thought I would have conversations like this before. And now we're getting to a space to where we're really digging deep and healing. And it's so beautiful. And it's not looked at as drama or anything like that. Like, but we're able to really have these deep, meaningful connections and, uh, and on an interpersonal level. And when you can really turn within, because God, it is an attack on your ego when somebody is like, oh, but you know, you do this. And then you're like, no, I don't, you know, like you get really defensive because you don't want to hear something that you're doing is wrong or you don't want to hear that something that you're doing is causing harm to someone else or make someone else feel a certain way but when we do hear those things we have to pay attention we have to acknowledge that because you know our it starts with us you know and people feed off of that you know if we're if we're behaving out of ego um, or narcissistic tendencies or anything like that I mean you know we're not being our, our true authentic selves you know, and the more lies we continue to tell ourselves every day in the mirror, the more lies that we continue to um, to create as a, a form of protection um, from trauma instead of living in our most authentic higher self, we're, we're just being the victim. We're causing more damage to ourselves. But, you know, outwardly we'll be like, oh, well, he did this to me, but it's really just a trigger. Things that other people are doing relationships that are are being harmful or maybe you and your kid got in a really heated argument you know or whatever and he's trying to get you to listen to him and you're not listening to him and you know you really got to sit with yourself and be like oh wow like he was really trying to tell me how he was feeling and I invalidated him and told him not to feel that way and where does that stem from oh because my mom didn't do that my dad didn't do that he didn't show up for me So how can I heal that and show up for myself and show up for my kids, you know? So we really have to start looking within and and make it a point to make those practices. And God forbid, like, admit when you're wrong. I know that it's so hard. It is so hard. But oh, my goodness. Talk about freedom. When you get.
get that off your chest and you admit when you did something wrong, I'm going to give you an example because you know I'm real with y'all. And I'm going to cut this off here soon because I know this is getting long. But my daughter and I had got into an argument the other day. And uh, it was over something. (laughs) It was so small. But she wanted her friend to stay the night. And I had just been sick earlier that week with a sinus infection. Well, she started to feel bad as well. And I denied that. And I said, hey, you know, today is not a good day. You know, and I I told your sister, her friend couldn't come over for the same reason. So that would be unfair. Well, she, you know, did not like that and, and got upset about it and was giving me some attitude on the phone. So anyway, she had an attitude and, um, I got frustrated because she wasn't listening and I ended up hanging up on her and it was so immature for me. And we had a conversation and, you know, I had to really be like, oh damn, you know, like you're absolutely right. And when you can humble yourself in those moments as parents and show vulnerability that you're not always right, like this yearning and need for to be right all the time is really a toxic mindset. I mean, my mother is still, um, in that type of mindset. She's, she, very unteachable a lot of times (laughs) and it's it really comes from an ego-minded place of this yearning to just be right like why do we always feel like we have to be right as parents like we just know everything there is to know and that's just not true and when you can come to your child and be like I messed up I did this I shouldn't have said that I didn't handle that very well and I'm very sorry I mean, there's so much healing that comes in that space. And you also, like, give them room to make mistakes as well. That shows them that you're not perfect. That shows them that their voice matters, too, that their emotions and their feelings matter, too, not just yours and your your need to be right about everything um, because you're not. And that can be a very hard place to get out of if you've been living in that space. And if your parents were living in that space, that's just something that we've, we've mirrored from our parents. And it can be really difficult to undo it. And it's, I think it can be a threat <laughs> most of the time. Um, it can really be a threat to our ego, you know, when we have a child tell us, know something that we are doing wrong and a lot of people don't like that you know they're like uh why are you trying to tell me you know about myself and you a kid you know what do you know you know and it's like but no for real like we have to learn to listen because you know the invalidation and the shaming and the guilt around emotions and things like that that really creates unhealthy coping mechanisms it doesn't create a safety net for emotions to be expressed at home and you're teaching them that their feelings don't matter. You're teaching them that they, 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 they have no room here. And that's just not something that I um, want to do. So anyways, guys, I'm going to cut this off. Uh, I actually went too far, as always, <laughs> especially when I get to talking. Um, but I hope this podcast meant you well. And... Um, I hope you guys are mentally doing okay, and remember thoughts are just thoughts. Just allow yourself to feel however you need to feel in those moments, and uh, really, I write some affirmations this week, whether you're journaling or need to get a dry erase marker and 
and write something in your bathroom. So somewhere where you're seeing it, you know, visibly every single day, I really encourage you to do that. Um, and see how it makes you feel. See if you notice a difference in, in how you show up for yourself. Um, and as always, peace and blessings. Talk to you later.